Collectively Pro-Life brings you inspirational stories, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm Bonnie Finnerty, Education Director at the Federation, and I am joined by my distinguished colleague, Maria Gallagher, the Legislative Director. Hello, Maria. How are you today? Hello, Bonnie. I'm great. It's wonderful to be with you today. Well, I am really happy about today's guest. I know we both are because this organization is truly filling in a big gap in the pro-life movement, one that I actually experienced personally. We are eager to talk with Camille Cisneros of Standing With You, an initiative of Students for Life of America. Standing With You is a program for young college women who find themselves facing an unexpected pregnancy. We will talk about all the resources available through Standing With You and why this initiative is so necessary. In addition, Maria will discuss the Pennsylvania reaction to the overturn of Roe v. Wade. But first, I'd like to fill you in on a truly inspirational event that I attended recently as the education director at the Federation. I attended an event called Creation. It's Creation Music Fest, um, which has been held for many, many years, maybe like even 20, 30 years. I'm not sure how long, but it goes way, way back. Um, And it is a Christian music festival that features all kinds of um, Christian bands, like Christian hip hop, Christian rock, um, and also Christian speakers, prayer groups, opportunities for retreats, etc. It's held on a farm in Huntington County, Pennsylvania, kind of in the middle of nowhere between these rolling hills. It's just absolutely beautiful. Um, And we attended as the Federation um, to help promote and educate people on life issues. So we have an education table and we feature our fetal models that come in four different sizes, along with um, our tiny babies that are 12 weeks that we give away to people to kind of encourage them to use them as teaching tools and to help them understand the humanity of the preborn child. We also have lots of literature and books on our table that people could browse and take with them. So it's really a great way to meet people, converse with people and educate on life issues. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about my experience there because I was there for four days. Um, Actually, my husband was with me as well, and that was his very first time attending creation and his first time at our education table. Um, And he's in a completely different line of work. So it was interesting to kind of hear his um, perspective on it. Um, We met seriously. We met hundreds of people. We were barely done setting up our table. Um, I mean, we were actually only having a few items out the table and people were coming over to talk with us and to look at those items. And I kept saying, well, why don't you come back later when we finish up? So we were we were just thrilled by the enthusiasm, the enthusiasm of the people and how receptive they were to our message um, and how hungry they were for conversation. But um, after the four days, after talking to hundreds of people and listening to lots and lots of stories and, and just great inspirational information, I asked my husband, what, you know, what's your takeaway? Like, what hit you the most about this? And he said, um, I can't believe how many people came over to us to talk to us about their abortions and their healing and their desire to be involved in the pro-life movement. 
So I, I contemplated that and, and, and it was true, like no other time in my life when I've manned an education table had so many people who were post-abortive approached me and wanted to share their story. I mean, it was amazing. Um, so I decided to write an article about it and it was published by both National Right to Life and Life News and is also on the Federation's um, website as well. And I'm going to link to it in the podcast notes. Um, but there was so much more that I could not actually mention in the article, um, so many other people. So I, I just want to take a few minutes here to mention a few things. Um, there was a young high school girl who came over to me and she's like, I, she couldn't stay long. She was getting ready to go to some youth or, you know, organized event. But she said, I just want to tell you this past year, I wrote a pro-life paper in high school. I go to a public high school and I got a poor grade on it just because it took a pro-life position. And, you know, I thanked her for, for doing that. And we talked a little bit about, you know, being countercultural and staying strong. Um, so, you know, good for her, good for her for taking a stand. I hope she doesn't, she's not discouraged. I also met a nurse who takes care of micro preemies. And she told me about the smallest baby she's ever taken care of. Now, the baby was about 25 weeks, which is, you know, past viability, um, but was more of the size of like a 21 week old baby because uh, the baby was a twin. And the baby did pass away after receiving much intervention and comfort care and love. Um, but the baby was too small, too fragile to make it. But she showed me, because it was the smallest baby she had ever cared for, she showed me the little footprint that they had to take. And she carries with her and prays for that baby and that family and for all the babies that are in a similar situation. Um, another um, group of young girls came to me. They were like middle school. They loved holding our babies. They took turns. They posed at them. I took pictures and they asked me, can we name each one of these babies? And I said, sure, you could do that. So they were kind of negotiating with one another what names they wanted to give the babies. Um, then I had three different people over the four days, adults come and talk with us. And at the end of our conversation, they said, May I just pray over you? May I pray for you and your husband and your ministry and your organization? May I just pray for your safety and your wisdom and your courage moving forth? And it, like, that was just so beautiful. It wasn't something we asked for, but these people were so supportive um, of our mission. And I was so appreciative for those prayers. Um, and, and, and just to wrap up, People were really excited about the Dobbs decision, <clears throat> super excited about Ben Carson coming to our Celebrate Life banquet. So like all that literature flew off the table. And um, a lot of people are asking, what can I do to make Pennsylvania a pro-life state? So lots of excitement out there, lots of beautiful people doing good things. And I was so pleased and so inspired, inspired by all the people at Creation. Maria. That is so wonderful, Bonnie. Thank you so much for doing that. When the U.S. Supreme Court tossed Roe v. Wade into the Ashman of history, it also overturned the 1992 decision known as Planned Parenthood versus Casey. That case originated in the Commonwealth we call home, Pennsylvania. The case was the Keystone State's attempt to overturn Roe a generation ago. Now, a new generation of PA pro-life legislative leaders have come to the fore. Among them is State Representative Kate Klunk, a Republican from Hanover, who decries the discredited claim that pro-life advocates are not concerned about babies once they are born. 
I believe one of the universal core values of government is the protection of its citizens, born and unborn, Clunk said. As co-chair of the Pro-Life Caucus, I will continue to promote legislation that protects the unborn while also valuing women's health, improving children's access to health care, supporting schooling, job training, and other important programs that lead to opportunity and good quality of life for all. Clunk has served as a prime sponsor of the Down Syndrome Protection Act, legislation that would bar abortions based on a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome. The bill would now be law were it not for the opposition of Pennsylvania's pro-abortion governor, Tom Wolf. But there is hope that PA's next governor will be one who defends the sanctity of innocent human life. Meanwhile, Clunk is applauding the Supreme Court for righting a wrong committed in 1973 with the tragic Roe decision. I feel that the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe versus Wade is prudent, allowing states the autonomy to create healthcare laws that best fit its residents is in line with the driving principles our founders used to draft and pass the federal constitution. I look forward to robust discussion on this issue as we consider Pennsylvania's plans moving forward, Clunk stated. In light of the Dobbs decision, the Speaker of the PA House, Brian Cutler, a Republican from Lancaster, and House Majority Leader Kerry Benninghoff, a Republican from Center Mifflin, issued the following joint statement. The Supreme Court ruling reestablishes the authority of states to regulate abortion. The ruling once again makes it clear that the authority of individual states to establish laws are in the best interests of their residents. It is important to point out Pennsylvania's Abortion Control Act remains in effect and places firm restrictions on abortions in our Commonwealth including a ban on all late-term abortion procedures. This ruling presents a necessary opportunity to examine our existing abortion law and discussions around possible changes are already underway. Bonnie. Thank you, Maria. I am so happy to introduce today's guest. Standing With You is a pregnancy support initiative of Students for Life of America that helps student parents embrace both their children and their education. Today, we are thrilled to have Camille Cisneros, the National Supportive Services Director of Students for Life and Standing With You Manager, join us to discuss this critically important initiative. Camille grew up in Alamosa, Colorado and graduated from Colorado State University in Fort Collins. It was in college when her passion for life was ignited while volunteering with Justice for All as she heard the stories of women who were hurt by abortion, including close friends of her own, Camille decided she wanted to do more. Camille co-founded CSU Students for Life and served as the group's president in 2008 and 2009. The group hosted educational displays on campus and witnessed outside of the abortion facility that was across the street from their school. After moving to California and volunteering with the Pregnancy Center, Camille began her work in the pro-life movement, working with Culture of Life Family Services, providing resources to students and serving as a pregnancy counselor. Camille has spoken at Heartbeat International's annual conference, Students for Life of America's national, national um, conferences, keynoted for numerous pregnancy center galas in California and has spoken on many school campuses in California, Arizona, and Nevada, 
as well as churches and rallies. She currently resides in San Diego, California and serves the pro-life generation as Students for Life, as I mentioned, National Supportive Services Director. And this includes standing with you. We are delighted to have Camille with us today. Welcome, Camille. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be here and have this opportunity to speak with you ladies. Camille, what is the Stand With You initiative and why did you decide to undertake it? Yeah, so the Standing With You initiative was actually created in 2011 as the Pregnant On Campus initiative. And um, as Bonnie mentioned in my bio, when I was in college, I didn't really know much about the pro-life movement or abortion. Um, what I knew of it was my dear friend in high school, her parents actually took her to have an abortion um, against her will. And so I like had this very mixed view of abortion and um, took this stance of, well, you know, I don't think abortion is okay, but I think in some circumstances it should be allowed. Um, but after getting involved with um, Justice for All and really Steve uh, Wagner and at the time Trent Horn just so patiently answered every single one of my challenging questions, <laughs> um, I, I realized that um, abortion should never be the answer. And I spoke with my friend and um, she she shared her experience with me and talked about how um, it took a lot to find healing, but she did. And she said, you know, I named my baby. I decided it was a girl and um, I think I'm going to be okay. But after talking with her for about two hours or so, I thought no woman should ever have to go through what my friend went through. And that's how I became involved in all of this. And so when I came across Students for Life and the Pregnant on Campus Initiative, I thought this is where I want to be. Um, on campus, sharing with students how they can really find other alternatives to abortion in a way that they could follow both their dreams and still be able to choose life for their children. And that's the underlying mission of standing with standing with you is that no woman should ever feel like she has to choose between her child and her dreams. And we want to be able to assist her in finding whatever accommodations she needs to be able to do that. And we do that through our student groups on campus um, by equipping them with the tools to be able to talk with their peers. Um, and then we've also moved out into the community and speaking with our neighbors and our churches about how they can actually assist women in finding um, alternatives to abortion and really just looking at, you know, what are the, the circumstances that she's facing when she is considering abortion and how can we step into those circumstances and assist her and even if she's not ready to parent to help her in finding um, an alternative to that looking at what does adoption look like for me and really understanding that process as well I think a lot a lot of that is is very uh, misunderstood, unfortunately. Um, but to to ask all the questions, like is adoption right for me, and um, help her just in that journey of figuring out how can I make a decision that is going to empower me to continue in all of my ambitions 
but also move forward with peace in my heart. Um, and so <laughs> a very long-winded answer to what standing with you is, but um, it, our ultimate goal is to ensure that no woman will ever stand alone and feel like she has to choose between her child and her dreams. Well, I think there's probably a lot of young women on campus who don't really realize their rights under the law. So I'm wondering if you could talk about the Pregnant on Campus Bill of Rights that's been created by Standing With You and where those rights originate from. Yeah, um, so we created our Pregnant on Campus Bill of Rights in, I believe it was about 2019, 18 or 19, um, but it actually came out of Title IX. So, you know, we just celebrated, um, oddly enough, I find it very, maybe not coincidental, <laughs> um, but oddly enough, we just celebrated the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And um, that was created to ensure there was no discrimination on campus based on gender and really for women's rights. And um, looking at, at that, uh, that, that's where, where this Pregnant on Campus Bill of Rights originated was um, from student rights on campus. Um, so talking about, you know, no, every student should be accommodated. Um, and pregnancy status or parenting status isn't something that is an exception to that role. And when we talk about Title IX, these days, a lot of people really um, think of sexual assault um, and any sort of um, LGBTQ rights, that type of stuff. Um, but they don't realize that pregnant and parenting rights fit right into this Title IX. Um, and so we wanted to just really spread this information about a pregnant student's rights on campus and a parenting student's rights on campus. So as you look through our, our Pregnant on Campus Bill of Rights, it'll explain each and every single one of those items. So a student, if she is pregnant or parenting, she cannot be told she can't participate in any sort of activity um, like a club membership or intramural activities or even um, like if she's a nursing student, um, her clinicals and those type of things like they must accommodate her according to Title IX. And we wanted to bring that into this Bill of Rights. Um, if if she has to miss a class due to any sort of um, doctor's appointment or um, medical issue, she is required by this law, um, her, her uh, professors, excuse me, are required by this law to make sure that um, she's able to make up all of her missed work. And that includes any extra credit work that was given. Like this work, it's not limited to, oh, you missed a test, you can make it up. It's anything that she missed in there. And they cannot require her to submit a doctor's note unless they require it of all of their students. And so there's this element in there of, well, um, are you requiring this of all of your students or just this pregnant student? Um, and if it's not required by all students, then she shouldn't have to, to do that as well. Um, and so anything too, like, um, a professor or advisor or counselor, you know, encouraging her to have an abortion saying, hey, 
you know, you should just have an abortion because you'll lose your scholarship or this is going to be really challenging and we don't know that you'll be able to continue in this program. Um, that is against Title IX. Many, many pieces into that. Um, the last piece I'll share, um, just to keep it more brief, I suppose, um, is with athletics. Um, a student can actually take a special red shirt season if she's pregnant. And so long as she maintains her you know, required GPA, she should be given that same spot back on the team when she returns. So it's not limited to the classroom. It's not limited to uh, extracurricular activities. This, this falls right into athletics as well. Um, and what we found was that this wasn't being talked about. Um, we were doing a tabling event for a national conference once, and a student came up to us from um, University of Northern Colorado in, in Greeley, Colorado, and she said, you know, I didn't realize this was a thing, but it's really sad because I'm on the volleyball team, and one of my good friends got pregnant her freshman year and actually had an abortion because she thought she was going to be kicked off the team. But two years later, she got pregnant again and found out she could have taken a redshirt season and was absolutely devastated because she said she would have never had that abortion had she known she could have done that. And so in her second pregnancy, she did take that redshirt season, but she was dealing with this regret and sadness. And, I mean, ultimately a heartbreak because she expressed like, I wished I would have known that. And my question to the student was, who was sharing the story was, well, as, a, as an athlete, you're required to have a Title IX orientation. Was this not talked about? She said, no, they didn't talk about pregnancy at all. And so that was the start of this Pregnant on Campus Bill of Rights was, okay, something has to be done because coaches and professors and any, any staff on campus needs to be held accountable to Title IX, and they should be aware of these things so that their students aren't sitting there feeling like, well, I had to have an abortion, and I, now I know I didn't have to, and I don't know what to do because I can't take it back, and my heart is breaking. Um, to what extent do colleges currently accommodate pregnant and parenting students? There are some colleges who do an amazing job. Um, so allowing a student to, like if she's nursing, for example, um, to let her leave class early in order to pump or nurse her child. Um, many of the moms would probably know very well that as much as you want to set that schedule for your kiddo, they also communicate with you that I'm hungry now. Um, so to be able to leave class early in order to, to pump or nurse or, um, you know, it's not required by Title IX, but there are some professors that will allow their um, students to bring their children to class and kind of sit in the back and um, color or do do whatever, you know, that they need to do um, so that the student can still attend class. Um, but we've had we've had many professors who will reach out to our student moms or our pregnant students and say, how are you doing? Is there anything we can do? Do you need to miss class today? Um, if you're not feeling so well, just let us know. Um, and one of our students at Fresno, uh, she said she was in the speech pathology program there and she said, 
it was almost as if I wanted to tell them, look, I'm okay. I'm okay. Because they were being so overly accommodating to her, which is what we would want from all campuses. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case, but um, just really providing that opportunity for students to um, succeed in, in their education by any accommodation they can offer. I love um, when you see these pictures or videos online of like professors holding a student's baby and like yeah. teaching and yeah, I mean, that's so great. It's a far cry from what I experienced when I found out I was pregnant at 18 and the doctor there just kind of gave me one choice, which I didn't take. And when I didn't want an abortion, she didn't really have any other information to offer me, which so that's going back 35 years. So it's so good to hear about these changes. Um, we only have a few minutes left, but I'm wondering how do women find out about this? How do you promote this program on campuses and how do they find your resources? Yeah, absolutely. So if someone were to go to standingwithyou.org and um, click on the section that says your rights um, and then on campus, they could find this information um, on our homepage. We also have um, a place that says create campus support. And so it's standing with you org forward slash my campus and there you'll find tips to connect with your local pregnancy center campus policy change guides title nine resources and so um, we want to be able to provide this information to as many people as possible um, with all of these flyers and whatnot and then um, really they can reach out to to us at students for life just email at studentsforlife.org or sorry info at studentsforlife.org or pregnancy resources at standingwithyou.org um and we are happy to share share this information and our students on campus will have um tabletops and flyers and brochures that they pass out throughout campus um we have flyers with little tearaway um you know um, pieces so that someone can just take take the information and go and they'll hang them in bathrooms and dorm rooms and all that good stuff with just about a minute left can you share a success story with us yes so quickly ruth um one of my favorite students she came to us um because she was pregnant great student um and um a student at a community college in Colorado, um, went into labor during finals week and um, came back and all of her professors failed her. And she said, well, I went into labor and they said, well, we can't let you make up that work. And she said, well, I need to, this isn't fair. And um, so she came to us and we were able to share with her her Title IX rights, um, share the professors <laughs> the Title IX rights, and um, she was able to make up that work, go back to school. And uh, on top of that, we were able to fundraise um, the tuition that she needed to complete her schooling as well. So um, Ruth is, is now with her son, Eli, um, just really getting into her career field and wrapping up her um, education and just doing really well. So it was it was an amazing opportunity to get to speak with her. And she's more than happy to share her story with anybody because she doesn't want anybody to have to go through what she went through. That's wonderful. Camille Cisneros, Standing With You, Students for Life. Thank you. Keep up the great work. Thank you. 
Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life.